Praise the Lord. Good morning, church. God bless you all. Like they said, welcome to Sanctuary Fellowship. You came on a good day because the Lord is here. Amen. We're so excited that you're here with us this morning. Uh, my name is Pastor Bert Bocachica and my wife, Alice. We're pastors of the Young Adults Ministry here at TSF. And we're also pastors of TSF Español. We're super excited because the young adults spent an entire weekend at a retreat in Tuscarora, Pennsylvania. Where's the young adults at? That's right. So you hear the energy now. They'll be asleep in about 20 minutes because they've been up all night and driving all morning to get here. But we're excited because not only did we bring some excitement with us in our soul and our spirits, but we also brought our guest speaker with us this morning. And his name is Mr. Abner Suarez. He's a powerful man of God. He has a very anointed prophetic ministry. And they wanted me to introduce him. I was like, what do I say? All I can say is fasten your seatbelts and get ready. Get ready. If you came this morning expecting, expect. If you came this morning to receive, receive. And if you came this morning just to check it out, surprise, you will be blessed. You will be blessed. So I want you guys, if you don't mind, let's just stand and give him a warm boogie down Bronx welcome to Brother Abner Suarez. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you just lift your voice to heaven? In honor of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit, just lift your voice all across this room. Oh, you can do better than that. You, you were doing better than that just a moment ago. Let's just, let's just pause for a moment. We know that God is here. Thank you, Lord. There's um there's a healing grace in this room. Grace to heal your body. Uh just somebody right now you're it's like the top of your right shoulder. The Lord is healing your right shoulder. Just be healed in your right shoulder. Somebody's uh, lower back. The Lord is healing somebody's lower back. Somebody's right knee. Be healed in your right knee. I'm telling you, the, the healing presence of the Lord is here. The power rests in the word right now. There's someone in here, uh, there's like a spirit of, there's actually two of you, like a spirit of confusion. In fact, you, you've thought to yourself this week, like, I'm losing my mind. And actually, I actually see the hand of Jesus just touching your mind right now. Be delivered now in Jesus' name. It's right there. Some of you, the, the angel of the Lord is just moving through this auditorium and he's just, He's releasing burdens off of you because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Receive his peace this morning. Mm. Thank you, Lord. 
The Lord is uh, healing something internally in somebody's right eye. Just receive healing in your eye. Be healed right now. The Lord is healing arthritis. Be healed in Jesus' name. I don't know if this is online or, or somebody in here, but the Lord is healing cancer right now. Be healed right now. Cancer in Jesus' name. And the Lord says to the group of people here, there is a, a roar and a sound from heaven, even as there was a sound from heaven on the day of Pentecost that is yet to be released from this house. And there is an invitation today to go up to the mountain of the Lord as never before. There is an invitation to go up to the mountain of the Lord and receive from the Lord, to hear from the Lord, and move with the ways of heaven as never before. Because there is an invitation, the Lord says, in 2019 to advance as never before. The word of the Lord to this house is advance, advance, advance. And the Lord says, I want you to advance through the key of worship and intercession as never before. That as you would go up to the mountain of the Lord, you would see as I see and hear as I hear as never before and advance the purposes of God. For the Lord would say, I have planted you here strategically in this region and in this part of the city for a very strategic purpose. And the Lord would say, even in the last number of years, the, the, uh, you have just been in the foundational phase of the building of this house. But the Lord would say, the foundation is now strong. Now it is time to arise and build as never before. But the Lord would say, there is an equipping grace on this house a grace to equip and train ministers. And the Lord says, if you will put it in place, they'll come from all five boroughs and from around the region to be equipped and trained in the things of God. And that it will be a unique equipping grace. It will be the equipping of the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, and teacher. But within the context of even an inner city, and there is a church planning movement within the womb of this church. So the Lord says the seasons are now changing. Where you've built the infrastructure, it is now time to advance and expand as never before. And the Lord says, I am opening heaven over you as never before. And the Lord would say, as you gather, make room for the miraculous, make room for the word of the Lord. Because if you'll make room for it, you will see it multiply and expand as never before. I see the walls of this building just expanding. Thank you, Lord. 500, 750, 950, 1200. The Lord says it's time for expansion as never before. So, Mahaya Sakabara. Father, we, we thank you for your word. We receive your word. Now, Father, I need your help. Fill me with the spirit. Put your words in my mouth. Give people ears to hear, eyes to see. Without you, I can't do anything. But with you, I can do all things. Let miracles continue to take place in this room. Thank you, Lord, that today is a day 
of complete freedom for many in this room. Open up your word to us. Let the spirit of wisdom and revelation just rest upon this word. Let it be like those two disciples who walk with you on the road to Emmaus and their hearts burned as you opened the word that revealed yourself. Father, we love your word. So open your word to us in Jesus' name. Why don't you just look at the person next to you and say, there's more. All right, you can be seated. Well, it's a pleasure to be here with you this morning. Usually, well, I shouldn't say usually, but sometimes I do really good and, you know, like, but it's good to be here. You know, the Bible says this, that a man's gift makes room for him and brings it before great men and women. So that is true in my life today because you're the great. I got one, two amens over here. I'll just work with that. I can work with it. They said you guys were spirit-filled, but we're working on it. <laughs> All right. If you have your Bibles, turn to, if you would, how many love the Word of God? Amen. Thank you, Pastor Allison Bird. It's been wonderful to catch up. They knew me when I was younger. I'm not going to say a young man because I'm, I'm aging, but I'm not getting older. And I'm going for 120 Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. I want to, for the next two hours, talk about the subject of... You got those people in the body that go, let the Lord use you. And then other people like, the Jets play at one, buddy. And if you're a Giant fan, you're not watching anymore anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't matter. (laughs) I just haven't. They don't play today. (laughs) That's probably a good thing. I I, I grew up actually not far from here. And um, my parents still live in New Jersey. I grew up in Bergen County. Went to Bergen Catholic High School. But now I live where God lives. I live in North Carolina. (laughs) Now, God goes to other places, and he's definitely here today, but he lives in North Carolina. So come to heaven at some point and visit us. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 11. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things not seen. I want you to recognize a principle in the kingdom of God and in the principle of how the world functions, and it's this, that the seen realm is defined by the unseen realm. Everything you see has been defined by an unseen thing. That's very, very important if you are going to be fruitful in the kingdom of God and you're going to be fruitful here on the earth because you were never created to move according to your mind, your will, and your emotions, and your soul. You were created as a spirit being who has a body. Most people, when they talk about this concept, they'll they'll say body, soul, and spirit because they are more conscious of their body than their spirit. So you don't 
you, you don't have a spirit, you are a spirit. The evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. How were the worlds framed? By the word of God. Also, you'll notice this. He says, by faith we understand. It doesn't say we understand and have faith. Really, really important. A lot of people want to understand and then have faith. In the kingdom of God, you put your faith and then you understand. And faith is not blind trust. You hear these people, well, it's just blind trust in God. Ain't no such thing. If you know God, it's not blind. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen, what? Were not made of things which are visible. And then uh, just on to verse 6, just for the sake of time. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. 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 So faith must be a pretty big deal. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a warder of those who diligently seek him. So faith is a pretty big subject, and obviously you can't exhaust it on, in one session like this, but I think it's important to understand for us in this room how God originally intended humanity to function. If you don't understand how he wants to relate to you, it will be difficult for you to relate to him properly. Very, very important. And what you will not receive from God will often define how you live on earth. If you constantly live feeling unworthy, feeling unable to receive the things from God, it will be difficult to live the life that God has for you. Because the life that God has for you is all defined by what he does for you, not what you can do for him. Very, very important. So look at Genesis 1, the book of original intent. If you want to notice something, it's very, very... God, God is like very fascinating to me. He's beyond genius level. He really is. Like he's, he knows some stuff. And I know we got these terms of like, uh, he's like a really mature Christian. The most mature Christian is about, knows about this much about God. And the Christian's, I should say the believers that make me really nervous are the ones who come, oh yeah, I understand that. Oh, we heard that before. Well, maybe you need to hear it again. So here's God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Genesis 1. When time began. I read out the New King James mostly. Sometimes I use a lot of different, but mostly my daily reading is out of the, uh, uh, the, the New King James. It says, uh, in the beginning... That's actually not a good translation because how many know that God has no beginning and God has no end? So the best translation, I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but I know in the original Hebrew, I talked to smarter people than me. It says, when time began, God created the heavens and the earth. And what does he do? He speaks the universe into existence. God doesn't create something out of nothing. 
What you'll see here in a moment, this is where I'm telling you the gospel is really, really good. It's only bad if you don't understand it. No, I'm serious. Like, who wouldn't want to sign up for this? God calls things, be not as though they are, and he speaks what he desires. He puts the desire of his heart. According to 1 Samuel 2, verse 35, God describes himself as having a heart and a mind. And this is what he, he does. Light, light be. Earth be. And he puts, and how many know that God is very specific? It's not like, you know, I'm just going to throw this over here, just throw this over here. No, he knows what he's doing. And he speaks the universe into existence. And then we pick this up in Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, he is, he, is, he is making the crown jewel of his creation. Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over all the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So the good news is, you have dominion over all the creepy people. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created male and female. He created male and female, male and female, male and female. One of the reasons you see this attack on gender roles in our society, especially today, it's come down more very up front, is because it is the foundation of healthy society. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. So this is God obviously creating humanity. And one of the things that I want you to notice there, first of all, in verse 26, it says, let them. He doesn't say let us. So who, he, and then he says a little, a few verses later, over all the earth, over all the earth, over all the earth, over all the earth, over all the earth. Who's in charge over all the earth? Man. God creates heaven, puts his throne in heaven, makes man in his image, and he goes, okay, you are now the steward of the earth. And here's what happens when Adam is created. He is put on the earth as God's representative, as God's ambassador. He is to steward the earth. He's supposed to live forever. That's good news. You were never created to die. That's why most people don't like to die. It's not instinctively human. There's something off in your thinking. You're like, yeah, I'd like to die. It's not what God created for you. He makes him the steward of the earth, but here's the really important part. Man, you and I, were not created to take care of ourselves. No one in this room was to ever worry about how they're going to do anything. Here's the other great thing. Man was not supposed to live with sickness, disease, confusion, worry, lack, depression, any of the stuff of the world system that was never supposed to touch your body, ever. So man is the steward of the earth, and he is not created to take care of himself. So, well, think about this. Adam never looked at Eve and said, honey, where are we going to live? He never looked at Eve and said, how are we going to pay the light bill? How are we going to take care of our kids? None of this entered the equation. Why? Because the connection point between humanity 
and God to receive all the resources of God was trust in God. You have been created. Humanity has been created. Your operating system is to trust God. Here's the other part about it. How did they know what to do? Verse 28. God blessed them. And God said to them, God said to them, God said to them. The first voice that they ever heard was the voice of God. You are not created to take care of yourself. And how are you supposed to trust God? Through the voice of God. You are a voice-activated being. Even if you're not born again, whatever voice you're listening to, there's two voices in the earth. The demonic, and then God himself. Now, here's the challenge sometimes. Some people say that God himself is speaking to them, but it's the devil. I work with a lot of people. They say, I hear voices. I said, I hear one voice. (laughs) So you are a voice-activated being. And when Adam heard that voice, how he was created was this. That's the voice of God. I can do what God tells me to do. And he was also given a brilliant mind, an absolutely brilliant mind. How do we know he was given a brilliant mind? In Genesis 2, It says, he puts man in the garden. Notice he didn't put him in a prayer room. The Bible is a description of the heart and the mind of God. The reason I say that is because we have to deliver ourselves in the body of Christ of secular and spiritual. How many are in Christ? If you are in Christ... The spiritual part of your life is not just coming to a building and worshiping God. The spiritual part of your life can be doing your job with an excellent spirit. The spiritual part of your life is this afternoon watching the jet game with your children. (laughs) Just had to throw that in there for some of you. It is everything you do, if you do it with God at the center, it is a worshipful act unto God. So God brings the animals to Adam. Now notice the pattern because you'll see there's a divine connection in how the earth is supposed to operate with the word of God, speaking the word of God, and trusting God. The word of God defines this world that we live in right now. Genesis 2, he brings the animals to Adam. It's a picture of life in the kingdom of God. He brings the animals. God is always the source of all things. Adam looks at those animals, and what does he do? God said, God, uh, uh, the Bible teaches us that God watched Adam to see what Adam would call the names. Adam was definitely not an evangelical. How do we know that? He didn't go, God, just whatever you want. I'll do whatever you want. No, no, I'm told you what to do. Please do it. What kind of a mind can name every one of the animals? And think about this. 
he definitely had to have a brilliant mind. Because he had to distinguish when he saw that cat if it was really from God. The dog, I'm sure, right away, he knew that's the Lord right there. That's man's best friend. But, God, are you sure you made that cat? Genesis 3, follow the biblical narrative. Here comes the snake. Now, this is fascinating. The Bible is fascinating. Please, if you're in Christ, don't say, I just don't understand it. Stop that stuff. You need to change what you say. It's, I mean, think about it. You have a woman talking to a snake. It absolutely happened. Some people think that they talk to animals before the fall. I don't know if that's true or not. I just know that God doesn't, in parentheses, goes, kind of weird. <laughs> Here comes the snake. He challenges what God said. Two voices in the earth. A key to your life and a key to the life of faith is learning to distinguish the voice of God and the voice of the enemy. And then putting your ear towards the voice of God. She hears... She lets it go in her heart. She should have subdued instead of agreed. Listen, the enemy is absolutely defeated in every part of your life. Any area of your life that is out of alignment with God, depression, sickness, lack, poverty, anything in your life today that is out of alignment, God has a plan. However, the enemy has legal access to the area of your life where you're still agreeing with him. Still a principle. You can't get beyond it. So until you shift your thinking in that area, and, and let me just tell you this, the enemy just doesn't want part of your life. And the enemy is not interested in getting you sick. He's interested in killing you. It might start as a little cough, but eventually he wants to destroy you. Don't tolerate what God died to deliver you from. So what happens? DNA of the earth, they agree. Enemy now, legal access. You'll, you'll see the principle operating in the earth. God is so committed to his word, he cannot step in between the dialogue between devil and the man. Why? He said, you're in charge. You're in charge, but I got everything you need, but you'll have to step into faith to receive it. And you're even, I, I am so committed to the word of God, I'm so committed to, to allowing you to make choices. You're about to make a really bad choice, but I'm going to let you make it because I'm committed to my word. God is absolutely committed to his word. One of my goals in life is this. I ain't going to lie to you and tell you that I'm there, but I want my word to be like God's word. I'm talking about the smallest thing. I don't tell certain people I'm going to call them back. 
because I don't want to lie to him. Some of y'all, I can see it already. Leave a message, I'll call you back. You don't even call your mom back. You don't text anyone back. Do you know, when we're not people of our word, most of the time, we're demonstrating we don't believe God is a God of his word. Really important. We cause the world to doubt when we don't become people of our word. I'll be there in 15 minutes, and you know you're about to cross the bridge. You're an hour out. (laughs) So what happens? The The mind of man is now corrupt. Because of the sin of Adam and Eve, their body is corrupt, the earth is corrupt. Now, here's where it gets really, really good. I mean, this is really good news. Before this thing went in the wrong direction, God had a plan. Before the world was ever even created... There must have been some sort of dialogue because Revelation said that Jesus was the lamb slain before the very foundation of the world. I could just see this. They're like really brilliant. The Trinity's like, they're going to mess it up, God. And Jesus goes, I'll step forward. I'll step forward. And then I'm sure like the Holy Spirit's like, well, what are we going to do with their old life? Well, when I die, I'll die as them. And we'll deliver them of that old life and we'll give them a new life. And the same life that you'll have on the earth, we'll give to them. And then they can steward the earth like we wanted Adam to steward the earth. And the only way back into the kingdom of God is faith. You can't get into the kingdom of God without trusting God. So here's what he does. He goes, without faith, it's impossible to please me. But here's the good news. I'm going to give you faith. However you came into the kingdom of God, every person. I'm fascinated about how people get born again. I know someone I actually was talking to them the other day. They told, I said, how did you get born again? They said, oh, when I left college, or when I was in college, these guys told me about the plan of salvation, and I'm kind of like, whatever. And then 9-11 happened, and I got scared, and I thought, there must be a God. I called one of them up, and I said, tell me about your God. I know other people, never been in a church service, never anything. They're just going through a time in their life. They go, is there a God? I'll serve you. And they'll hear a voice. My name is Jesus Christ. Then many other people, someone witnessed to him. Someone goes, there's a plan for for your life and his name is Jesus. Jesus is the answer. However you got born again, you needed this measure of faith to even respond to the gospel message. Here's how this thing works though. 
the preaching, a dream, an encounter, however it happened, that measure of faith is inside of you to respond, but you have to respond by saying, I surrender. Here's how the Apostle Paul put it. Yeah, you can clap. Here's how the Apostle Paul put it. He teaches us this. We've got to move down here in my notes here. Everybody still with me? I only got about two hours left. Don't worry. For I say, this is Romans, the 12th chapter, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than you ought, but to think soberly, soberly, as God. You'll notice the apostolic emphasis is always on faith originates with God. As God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Then Ephesians 2, verse 8 through 10. For by grace, the best definition I have heard of grace is this, is God's overwhelming desire to treat you as though you've never sinned. That's good news right there. You know what grace is? Grace is like the, that, those little green guys. You know the, the commercial? They'll come in if there's like a fire in your house or something, and their tagline is, it's like it never even happened. In Christ, your sin is like it never even happened. For by grace, you've been saved. How? Through faith. Not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not of works, least anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk therein. Now, everyone is given the measure of faith, and God actually gives you a measure of faith that he himself operates in. Look at Mark, the 11th chapter. Verse 12. Now, on the next day when they come out, from Bethany, he was hungry. Notice the humanity of Jesus. He's fully God, fully man. And seeing from a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. And when he had come to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for the figs. In response, Jesus said, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Notice that Jesus speaks to things, nine words. He speaks to trees. And what he tells those trees, they do. Why is that important? Because he's, he, everything that you see functioning in the life of Jesus is to function in the life of every believer. In fact, Jesus takes it to an additional step. He said, if you believe, how many believe? Then you're eligible. You are eligible for the life that Jesus lived here on the earth. He doesn't say the anointed person. He doesn't say the person who got oil on him. He doesn't say the person who's going to be a bishop or an apostle or preach to 10,000. He says anyone who believes. He says the businessman who believes. He says the school teacher who believes. He says the entrepreneur who believes can do the works of him. And then there's a little minor story in the middle about Jesus. It's very minor. He overturns the temple. 
very minor in scripture. Notice too, when Jesus speaks to that tree, you never find anywhere in the gospels Jesus gone. I wonder if it's working. He speaks, he leaves it alone, and notice too, I want to suggest to you, because you'll see that Peter, when they come back the next day, notices that that tree has withered. That tree withers from the inside out, not outside in. And I also want to suggest to you that Peter probably, I'm telling you, Peter, Peter had a big mouth. He would have said something. If Peter had noticed that that tree changed right away, he would have said something. It's not till the next day. Oh, this is where it gets good. Your faith is working once you trust God, whether you see it or not. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots inside out. Notice that the words that Jesus speaks happen. And Peter, remembering, said, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you have cursed has withered away, has withered away. Then this is where it gets, it gets real good now. So Jesus answered and said to him, have faith in God. The best translation, though, of that verse is this. One of the leading Greek scholars, I've studied this for many years to make sure I would, I, I, this is absolutely true. The best translation in the Bible basic English translation says this, have God's faith. Have God's faith. Have God's faith. Now, notice what's happening here. Jesus is walking along. Jesus is speaking to trees. And when he speaks to this tree, it does what it tells him to do. Now, Peter goes, wow, what you said happened to it. And immediately, Jesus goes into a teaching on the subject of faith. And the first thing he reveals about faith is he says, have God's faith. Now, this is where it gets really good. And this is where it gets really interesting. God has faith. God is love. So here's another way you can read the Bible. I, I like to read the Bible like this. When you're reading, God doesn't have love. He is love. So you can read the Bible like this. It's total, not distortion. When love began, he created the heavens and the earth. He is love, but he has faith. And so when God moves in faith, where does he move in faith? According to Romans 4, when he talked to Abraham, he said to him, God calls things, be not as though they are. Romans 4. Where does he call things, be not as though they are? There's a reason I emphasize that creation story. At creation, he calls things, be not as though they are. So the Trinity moves in faith. Now, this is where it gets really good. The faith that God moves in, he goes, Without faith, it's, oh, it's ringing a little bit. I'll move over here. Without faith, it's impossible to please me. So here's what I'm going to do. The faith that I move in, here you go. I'm giving you a part of the measure of faith that I operate in. It's yours to use here on the earth.
So you come into the kingdom of God by faith. And most people, they're good with that. Really good. I know it's on my own by faith. But here's where it gets even better. You come into the kingdom by faith, and then you are supposed to live by faith. For we live, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, for we live by faith and not by sight. For we live by faith and not by sight. Now, because, how many are in Christ? Because you are in Christ, God restores his connection with man that he had at the beginning. And this is that connection. Everything, everything, not a few things, not you're going to gamble over here with God, not me, going to do it my own way over here. Everything, hear me, hear me this morning. If you don't hear anything else, hear this. Everything you ever, ever needed, your healing, your kid's salvation, all the money you would ever need, everything you would ever need, you can receive it by faith in God. Why? Because he doesn't put you on the earth and say, take care of it yourself. The greatest words that Jesus ever spoke says this, as my father has sent me, so I am sending you. Do you ever see Jesus going, how am I going to pay the light bill? Oh man, Peter's out of hand over here. What am I going to do? How are we going to pay for the gospel crusade? Everything that he ever needed, he said, Father, I trust you. Father, I'll do what you said. Father, I'll speak your words. Everything he needed was already provided for. So how do we begin to walk by faith? I'm glad you asked, Pastor Burt. I'm going to land the plane here in a moment. How do we begin to walk this life of faith? Here, here's something really important, to, to, because I don't know where you're at in your journey here. You'll never arrive in your walk of faith. <laughs> Gets very exciting there. It's over 20 years now of, of trying to trust God for everything, and I still think I know about this much. But here's a good place to start. Your faith can only rest on God's revelation of himself. What is his revelation of himself? The word of God. So how do we begin to walk this life of faith? You have to make a conscious, decisive decision. Number one. God, because everything he, everything he asks you to do, he gives you the power to do. Don't ever think you, he, but he can't make you do it. Question, little survey. How many people today 
I'm going to walk down here a little bit. He said I could walk around a little bit. I don't know if that will mess you up. Pastor Bert said I could do it, so I'm leaving in a few hours, so you can blame him. How many people here today that God got you out of bed and said, go to church? (laughs) But he couldn't physically pull you out. You had to make a choice to agree with him. So, you have to be intentional in your walk with the Lord. Your walk of faith is an intentional thing. In nowhere else in our life are we unintentional. But in the body of Christ, we get weird. What's weird? Well, the law wants me to have it. He know where I'm at. I know God said that. But I just don't see it. I've bought cars, car, house. Anytime I've made a purchase like that, or let's take it even smaller, because some of you look hungry already. Some of you are going to go to a restaurant. Please give them a good tip and don't give them one of those cheap little, what do they call them, tracks. God bless you. No, you didn't bless them. You made them mad. (laughs) Tip them real good. How many, when the waiter comes, you go, hey, just whatever you got back there, I'll take it. Just whatever you come up with, it's good. I'm good with it. Or you buy a house. I never told my realtor, hey, at closing, I'll show up. Just whatever you come up with, I'm good. No. You were intentional. You go, this is the type of thing I'm looking at. This, what do you believe in God for? So you have to make an intentional decision. A conscious decision. And this is where it takes a bold person. I'm telling you to walk by faith as God intends you to walk. You got to be really bold. Because, I don't know why, but you'll have people, I tried that. You know, here's the thing I've learned. I'm just feeling free right now. One of the things I've learned, God never asked me to try things. He told me to do some things. He told me, you know, when God speaks, he gives a command. He doesn't go, hey, if you, if, you, if you like to try this. God is not an American buffet. <laughs> so you have to make a conscious decision. Your word is now my highest standard. Your voice I will follow. Where God is silent, Perhaps there's not an obeying heart. You know why? Because there's an aspect of God. Because he responds to faith. Listen to me. He responds to faith. He does not respond to need. Wait, hold on a second. Within your need, you must put your faith in God, not I have a need, so God must come. 
Because he has this thing called holiness. This is very fascinating to me. What does he tell us? He go, do you, how many know today that God knows everything you need? Amen? It's not like he goes, oh, I didn't know you needed that. Gabriel, did you know she had to pay her light bill? It's not like that, but this is what he goes. He says, ask and you will receive. Knock and it will be open. So you have to make this conscious decision. You're going to put the word of God first. You're going to put his voice first. What's a fruit that you believe that? You have a fellowship with God. Because when you have a fellowship with God, guess what happens? You hear his voice. A lot of people want to learn the voice of God in crisis when God wants you to learn the voice of God in fellowship so you won't freak out when a crisis comes. And then Paul teaches us this. I know I've gone a while. What does he teach us? Faith comes by hearing. The measure of faith that God gives you, he expects. He doesn't like, hey, if you want your faith to grow. He expects that measure to grow. But that measure does not grow unintentionally. It grows through intentional hearing and corresponding actions. Very, very important. There was not intended this much word to go forth in the earth with no action. Here's a danger. It is very, very dangerous to sit here week after week after week and to listen and never do anything. Here, let it go in your heart. Part of the reason it needs to go in your heart is we need to get delivered of wrong thought processes. Why? Because before we came into the kingdom, we were all educated according to this world system. So we need deliverance from this world system because there's a connection. This is how, this is how you, you, you begin to adapt godly actions. This is how it works. You hear. And probably for the first, when the first time you hear, you go, that ain't right. <laughs> no, he's right. <laughs> because you've been taught a different... I'll just give you an example. 20 years ago, I was telling the, the, the retreat this weekend. 20 years ago, I used to... I was a little... You know, I'm a little shorter. I was a college wrestler. So you told me the wrong thing. I'm New Jersey, Bergen County. I'll tell you how it is. And so now I get born again. And you know, not everyone's as perfect as me. So they're... They're saying things to me. 
and I'm used to acting the other way. And God goes, that was wrong. I go, no, it's right. He'll say, I'll defend you. I said, no, you take too long. Let vengeance be mine. No, let it be mine. You take too long. So what did I need to do? I needed to begin to re-educate. See, you're a voice-activated system. I needed to re-educate my heart. It comes from the inside out. And I began to hear and to hear and to hear and to hear. And this is what you do. You have to consciously come in alignment by letting it come in your heart, but also speaking. The words you speak define your world. If you don't like what you're saying in a certain area, say what God is saying in a certain area. We'll land the plane with this. Ooh, it is kind of late. I would say I'm sorry, but I'm not. Back to verse 22. So Jesus answered them and said to them, Have faith in God, for surely I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, notice he said you didn't have to beg that mountain to move. Notice he said you didn't have to blow the shofar eight times for that mountain to move. Whoever says to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says, he will have, he will have, listen to me, he will have, he will have whatever he says. He will have whatever he says. He will have whatever he says. He will have whatever I say, he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. I'm going to tell you two stories here. Two stories. About nine years ago, I had a dream. Many of my dreams are like this. I had a dream. Jesus comes to me in the dream. He says to me in the dream, this is what he says to me, very simple. He said, Abner, don't you know you can have what you say? And I say to the Lord, I, I, you, know, you know something, but you're constantly getting more understanding, right? I said, I'm explaining to the Lord in the dream. Yes, Lord, you know. That's how we started the ministry. You told me I was going to go around the world. You said all this, blah, 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 blah. And there was a problem when you told me that. The nursing home wasn't inviting me to preach. So you know I believe your word. You know we spoke your word. You know that's how we started the ministry. Jesus was not impressed. So he comes to me a second time. And he says to me, he said, no, don't you know you can have what you say. So I'm a servant leader. I began to explain it to Jesus again in the dream. Yes, Lord, you know I understand that. You know this is what you told me. You know we've trusted you all these years. Some, for some reason, Jesus did not accept my explanation. Finally, third time. He's never mean or cruel. 
He said, no, don't you know you can have what you say? And his eyes of thunder looked at me. Dream ended. I didn't call my pastor and go, hey, what do you think this means? He was being very clear. Then he says, the very next verse, he says, therefore I say to you, whatsoever things you pray, believe that you receive when you pray. I thought, I, I, I still don't know the whole thing of that. But how can you believe you've received it? Because you've said it. What is Jesus speaking in the earth? He's speaking the word of God. What are you speaking when you pray? Hopefully, it's the word of God. And that word moves angels on your behalf. It moves in an unseen realm. It doesn't matter if it looks like it moved yesterday or today. But no, when you're speaking the word of God, God is moving on your behalf. Here's your final story. This is a good story. There's a, a pastor and uh, one of his uh, members came to him. Guy had, I believe, just gotten born again. He said, Pastor, I can't stop smoking. Oh, tell him we said hello. And this is what the pastor told him. He said, every time you light that cigarette up, I want you to say, today, in the name of Jesus, I receive freedom from cigarette smoke. He said, Pastor, I can't say that. I'm still addicted. He goes, no, this is what I want you to say. I want you to say it again for the next 30 days. You're not lying when you say that. You're actually speaking God's truth over your reality. What does Paul teach us? I'm not moved by what I see. For the things that we see are temporal, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Your world is subject to change according to the word of God. So this man, he says, I think it was like 20 days. He said, Pastor, came back. I've been lighting up for the last three weeks, but I've been doing what you told me to. Do you know what happened three days ago? I was lighting up. And it hit me. I don't need to smoke ever again. What was he doing? He was calling things, be not as though they are. And the mind that was incorrect alignment, something, boom, triggered and he began to go, I can do what God tells me I can do. When you hear the word of God, it's like you have a, a leak in the ceiling. It's just dropping, but you leave that little thing under there. It'll drip, 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 till eventually it overflows. Faith comes by hearing. How many receive the word of God today? If you receive the word of God, why don't you just stand to your feet?
Thank you for being patient. I know it went a little longer than you usually go, but he gave me a little flexibility. Pastor, thank you. How many want to make a conscious decision today to walk by faith and not by sight? If you say yes to that, why don't you lift your hands all across this room? I just want you to repeat this prayer. Say, say Heavenly Father, Father, with your help, help. just say this, Father, I need your help. I cannot live this life without your help. With your help, I choose to walk by faith and not by sight. Ooh. Father, with your help, I say that your word is supreme. Your word will define me. Your word will be my highest delight. And as I trust your word, my world is changing according to what you say. I believe what you say. Today, I humble myself before you. And I cast all my burden upon you. Because you care for me. I trust you, God. Now just wait just one more moment. There's something in that. Just say that again. I trust you, God. I trust you with everything that I know. So I say to you, no, you don't need to repeat this. I just let me pray this. Let it be according to the word of God. Amen.